Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is by request. Leo Logan went to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash can, and he made the request of Showgirls from 1995. And uh, Lloyd, when I asked you whether or not we should do this film, you said, I love Showgirls, and I thought we probably should do this <laughs> because it is universally panned as one of the worst films ever made that's right. you said you've you've seen it in the last few years yeah that's right i only saw it in the last couple of years um it was in a cult movies book by carl french and philip french so of course i had to see every movie listed in that book and showgirls was one of them and uh we will be spoiling showgirls so if you haven't seen it it's been nearly 20 years but uh this r-rated film with a lot of adult content we will be discussing and we'll be discussing the adult content as well as all the spoilers so if you haven't seen it be prepared for that all right i borrowed this on dvd i did see it back in the day on vhs and um the dvd picture menu first of all is nomi licking the stripper pole (laughs) which i think is probably super gross i mean lloyd have you been to a strip club before i have been to one yes i've been to one in vegas actually called the uh, mint spearmint rhino spear rhino something rhino spearmint rhino it's a very famous one yes um I've also been to a strip club in Vegas, um, and I understand that in Vegas they all keep their bottoms on and only take off their tops. Yes. Um, and there's a back room where... See, this got adult really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> there are back rooms where I'm sure the bottom half comes off, but um, in Australia that's not the case. In Australia, for all of you looking for a good reason to come to Australia, um, strip clubs, they can take the top, bottom, get completely nude, and it's not such a big deal. Now, in between dancers up on the stages, strippers wipe off the pole, for those of you who aren't aware. Um, They, you know, have whatever liquids on themselves, whether it be sweat or body glitter or whatever it is, and they all wipe the pole between uses because they dance on it. Even wiping a pole within use, I feel like licking one of those would be like a dare for somebody, you know? (laughs) I that think you uh, Grindhouse Planet Terror opens up with a similar thing where she... I think it, it might be a mirror she leaks, not a pole. I think it might be a mirror, yeah. yeah. Because I remember a double weird thing with it. Yes, exactly. There's kind of two two of her... Look, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting sport, um, uh, pole dancing. I know a few people who do it, and it's very, very difficult. Um and I know uh, some very good dancers as well who won't touch pole dancing, and I ask why, and it's not because of the issues that surround that community or anything like that, you know, whether it be for explicit dancing, it's because it's so painful. They said, like, I can't stand the bruises from pole dancing because it's such a brutal dance, you know, it's very difficult, so you have to be very physically fit to do um, pole dancing, which is really interesting. Yeah, um... Personally, I've never done a pole dancing class. I, I have respect <laughs> for those who have the upper body strength, you know, strength yeah. to be able to do this. Definitely. But um, it's almost I don't like know gymnastics, about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to become an Olympic sport anytime soon. There's too much, <laughs> too much of a kind of a stripper vibe. Yes, to pole no, definitely. Yeah, still. yeah. You know, and that um, just goes with the territory, I guess. Definitely. Um, look, this film is rated R, Showgirls. Yeah. And. Therefore, they can have every backstage scene, everybody just be nude, so <laughs> casually walking around, everyone in every kind of Vegas showgirls kind of thing. Um, you've been to Vegas, I've been to Vegas. 
did you find this an accurate representation of Vegas? Uh, well, I, I, I wasn't in the strip club for club for long. I didn't like it. I, I'm, I'm a clubber guy. I love going out clubbing and dancing. So that's really my area. I don't feel comfortable at all in a strip club. It was my first time I went to one. I'll probably never go to one ever again. I just didn't feel comfortable there with the people. And the girls were beautiful, stunning girls, but it was just definitely not for me. <laughs> yeah. I um I found if this was going to be like a good portrayal of Vegas, I feel like Vegas has become more family friendly than this, and this is focusing on yeah, like that, I know it's from that's a good nineteen ninety five, you know, so it's focusing on what it was like in nineteen ninety five, and since then I think maybe it's become more family friendly. It, it still yeah. caters to both. I think it has the nightlife that caters for the Sin City esque of the old the Vegas of old. And it's still, yeah, definitely during the daytime, it's a big shopping mall full with all kinds of roller coasters and family fun things. You know, it's a really crazy city. Yeah, but in terms of tourism, it's mostly indoors in strip clubs, so there's not a lot of Vegas in this film (laughs) on display. Yeah. But uh, as you know, in Vegas, you got to gamble if you're going to win, says <laughs> Jeff, the guy who gives Nomi a lift at the beginning of this film. He, um, he gives her 10 bucks. She goes and gambles and wins. But of course she loses because she loses her suitcase. This yep. guy, uh, she got grifted right at the beginning. Straight away on her way to Vegas. <laughs> and as we learn later in her backstory, you know, she's prostituted herself out and so forth. You think she'd have a few more street smarts? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Seems a little out of character right at the beginning for her to lose. She seems her, um, really tough as well, and she's very aware of her surroundings and everything like that. And yeah, yeah, but she trusts this guy straight away. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about the director Paul Verhoeven. Yep. Uh, came Starship to Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers came to this project after a monumental, successful film called uh, Basic Instinct. Uh, yep. Paul Verhoeven's Dutch. Um, Holland <laughs> um, came over um, to America and really his first film was Robocop and really hit hit the ground running that film was epic was very violent really shows um, all his ideologies all his um, th- big themes really in that film and that he's brought over to all his uh, the other movies he's made um, Basic Instinct was a monumental success uh, featured Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas and it featured heavily with the sex and the violence like very intricate um, uh, uh, themes that was all over that film and it's interesting <laughs> he went on to make uh, Showgirls right after it and I like it what Philip French has wrote in this book and I'm reading from here uh, Cult Movies uh, who thought that it would be a good idea for the man who had directed the worst disco sequence in Hollywood history in Basic Instinct in 1992 to make a film all about dancing and if you've seen Basic Instinct yeah that disco sequence with Michael Douglas dancing with Sharon Stone was awful (laughs) and of course his next movie was this heavily um, heavily dancing themed movie called Showgirls Um, so yeah yeah, there we go (laughs) Uh, for me me, um, Basic Instinct Whenever I think of it, people say, you know, the Sharon Stone scene where she crosses and uncrosses her legs. Yes, that's a very famous scene. And famous as well because all the VHS copies were, you know, terribly damaged at that point from, <laughs> from pausing and unpausing. Oh my pe- gosh, yeah, that's a great people point. People wanted to see. Yeah, they, they the, the, the see days of the VHS tapes. Exactly, yeah, and that's one of the things it's really famous for. 
Sadly, Lloyd, yeah. I will report, when I rented Showgirls from uh, Blockbuster down the road yeah. um, on DVD, I didn't have my own copy. <laughs> Hard to believe that I didn't, I didn't own Showgirls. And uh, I borrowed it. The disc looks fine, but there are certain sequences where it skips all over the place. You're kidding. On the DVD. No, no. Wow. All right. And they are the most sexual sequences, as if people <laughs> have paused the DVD. So it's exactly like what's happened with Basic Instinct. I love my friend Dean. Shout out to Dean Hughes. Um, he said, there's a movie, a vampire movie starring Alyssa Milano, and it was famous because she was topless and that's it. I haven't actually seen it, but he said, if you ever rent out that video from wherever you live, say, um, Southside of Canberra Tugranong video shop say uh, he said yeah you, you won't get that past that scene it's just all sca- scratch and jittery and that was because of him constantly pausing the, the, the wow. tape he'll be, yeah. he'll, be, he'll be really happy with that <laughs> sorry Dean but yeah I, I know exactly what you mean with those VHS tapes and it'll all be scratchy from back in the day when you used to pause VHS tapes it would really stretch out the tape and and sort of damage it um, yeah, yeah, so yep. <laughs> not like the fancy equipment you get now with Blu-ray and DVD. Well, like I said, this DVD was all kinds of scratched, <laughs> and yeah, look, it started skipping like crazy, like when the first strip club scene started. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's that scene where she's dancing for Carl uh, McLaughlin. Um, oh, right, yeah, that was one and of the that was super scratchy. Too. As well, we'll get to it, but the terrible pool sex scene. Um, <laughs> as well was very very scratchy and it was all the most sort of erotic if you inverted commas scenes uh paul verhoeven also went on to make starship troopers you guys should really check that out it might appear as just a sci-fi action movie but it has very heavy themes especially towards fascism and um sexism as well um so you guys should really check that out very intelligent movie showgirls has gone uh bombed at the movie theaters when it came out it bombed horribly but when it went out on video it circulated and became an instant cult hit it's actually one of the biggest money makers of all time on the home video market generating more than a hundred million dollars so they got their money back in spades with this film um and I would just want to bring up an interesting point. It says on the front cover here, an instant camp classic. And we yeah. really, we, you can't discuss Showgirls without discussing camp. And um, Wikipedia d- um, uh, defines it as its uh, aesthetic sensibility that regards Sonic as appealing or humorous because of its ridiculousness to the viewer. Exactly. And yep. I think Paul Verhoeven was aware of that when making this film, but still there's a lot of skill in this movie what i really like about this movie is how he shot the behind the scenes footage of um like the energy that's involved there in the drama it's handled really well a lot of the times it's one tracking shot and you get there's so much information packed into those few moments before the girls come out on stage um whether it be in the strip club where that um you know they're going they're putting on makeup and they're discussing their relationships with their boss who's a really sleazy guy or it's at the big um the big deal place in the the actual casinos where they're performing like although it's a and they're drawing a fine line between performance dance and strip stripping (laughs) mind you um i think one of the lines was from that black guy where he says you know that we at least you give what what people want over there they pretend that they're giving what they don't want or something like that they're really drawing that line between performance dance and erotic dancing (laughs) but um yeah i think that those scenes are handled really well with how much drama is put forth in 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 those moments with the monkeys running around and everything like that (laughs) 
Those monkeys are ridiculous. Yeah, it's what, ridiculous. <laughs> what um what what makes you like this film, Lloyd? And tell me it's not just the naked ladies. No, it's not just the naked ladies. I think uh, Paul Verhoeven, for starters, is an auteur. I think he's a very good director. Again, the energy b- backstage with the drum and how much um, information is put there is handled really well. I like the hierarchy of the dancers. How you got Gina Gershaw, who did an amazing job, I thought, in that role. Um, yeah, she's like the queen dancer and everyone sort of like it's like a goblin hierarchy you got to push people down the stairs or get them injured to get to the top and it's got that really watch your back sort of mentality I, I don't know too much about the dancing world but I wouldn't be surprised if that was very truthful to how it works like you got understudies who really wish the main star would get hurt so they could have their show at the light and become the star i really yeah. love that sense i also love it how the male figures are handled in this movie they're very frightening very manipulative and very um uh, violent. the only good male character in this movie is the um african-american guy who's the dancer and he, with the dreadlocks with the dreadlocks i can't believe i'm forgetting his name he's got some of the worst lines in movie history one of them was and i actually like the scene after his performance with the with the stools and his three girls um everyone boos him and he eventually has to go off stage because he's trying to bring art towards erotic dancing which he fails miserably and she yes. sees him i thought you were great and he says oh i'm getting married she's having a baby and then he, yep. he goes, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm, oh, her parents own a, a, food, a grocery store, so I'm just going to be a grocery guy. And he says yep. it with acceptance as well as um, depression, I guess, or, or disappointment. And he says one of the lines, I think it's terrible but really poignant. He says, shit happens, you know, life sucks or something like that. But it really stuck with me, that scene, how this guy is um, having to face living in... in living with this situation where all his dreams have have to be really evaporated because he's hit with reality really and i thought that was a really good scene but um his, uh, his name is glenn Plummer, and his character is smith smith the yeah movie. he's the nicest guy in the whole movie he's really re- he's actually a really nice guy yes his motive might be sexual a lot of the times but he's genuinely he genuinely means well and he's really represents the working class of vegas where every all the other male characters in vegas are very wealthy or very powerful and there is the scene which i really have to bring up it's the most violent and horrific scene it's where the main character's best friend is really crazy about this singer um and she really wants to get with him and eventually he she does and gets back taken to his uh uh, his hotel room i don't want to say his hotel room because it's a special room i think it's a back room it's a back room in that party. party and they rape her horribly and there's so much uh uh dynamics going on in that scene one it shows the savageness of the male and another one it shows the sexuality of that class like how crazy their sexual appetites are they're really violent and savage people um and it just show and the fact that they do it to a movie star or sorry a singer who's a star in vegas and vegas looks after its own look that kind of thing happens but we have to look after our own, so we'll probably pay her off and stuff like that. Like that scene happens later on, where Ian McLaughlin explains how the laws work in Vegas. I Kyle really McLaughlin? thought Kyle McLaughlin, sorry, Ian McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin yeah. explains um, what will happen. Like um, we'll pay off your friend, but you got to Maybe understand. Maybe we'll give her a place to work or something. Exactly. Yeah. But this is what happens in Vegas. It really scared me because I wouldn't be surprised if any of that didn't 
did actually happen, you know, if that wasn't a matter-of-fact type type scenario. Although the film hides behind this sort of camp sp- style, there's a lot of layers going on in there. There's a lot of... You can't deny the direction that he makes, especially with Gina Gershaw's character and how well she performs in that movie. Like, her sexuality is so savage. Like, she enjoys watching her husband, or boyfriend, rather, w- uh, getting stripped dry humped if i can say that <laughs> but, you, you may yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, might as well let anything go lord <laughs> but, well, they paid a uh, hundred dollars which was for the private dance which i guess is a lot of money yeah it goes up up to 200 and then 500 yeah 500 which- but she's enjoying it she's touching herself while she's getting the dance the 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 erotic dance by her um um it's just so strange there's so many layers going on in that scene i just don't know where to begin and i thought the main character who started from saved by the bell mind you um she was really pushed in this role she really gave herself a physical all like her dancing and everything like that she was really really pushed so despite she's not a great actress but uh, i have to no but i have to give her credit because she physically she was pushed to the limit in this role and yeah that, that's the reasons i like it see i i see this film as something that was made without it its intention being camp really i th- i think the reason it is a cult hit is because it's camp <laughs> but but i think that all came later that people reviewers and stuff pointed it out i don't feel like it was made with that intention i don't think you would make a film you know, with that intention, uh, yeah. I think they were trying to make. I think a- Paul Verhoeven weaved uh, sweet talk the producers into it because it's really the most expensive softcore pornographic film ever made. <laughs> As well, it feels like all the acting scenes are like a soap opera. You know, sure, like, yeah, um, definitely. And there's stuff in there that, like, she has huge mood swings. For example, whenever anyone implies that she's a whore, mm. and um she doesn't make herself this likable character at all this this feels like this film is almost nobody's journey you know who relates to this sort of thing (laughs) i saw the um the guy with dreadlocks smith as though he bows out of the vegas world though he's forced to he's not forced no one's got a gun to his head like he's he decides to be with this girl he says he doesn't know if he loves her doesn't really love her or whatever um he's gonna work in the grocery store and stuff he's whole uh, shit happens life sucks is yes in, she says it earlier in the film you know um he's quoting her back to her sort of thing so he's come off i i saw that as he was such of a waste of a time character you know really um yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when i watched it i was like no that's the end of his subplot every yeah. subplot needs to be tied up in this film and that's how they did it with him it was just i don't know i i felt like he didn't really need to be in it all that could have been cut you know? I thought he was a really um, touching character in the in the fact that you know you have your dreams and it fails. That's what I read into it. But yeah, I can see that how it's pretty unrelated to the plot. And as well, like they keep bumping into each other just randomly. But Vegas has got a big population. I mean, it's unlikely that he would continue to just bump into her. You yeah. know. <laughs> anyway, um, my big issue is the leading lady. Uh, it's not just her acting. I feel like they could have. I don't know, maybe cast somebody with more dance experience or sure. I don't know. I feel like some of the dancing stuff they do at the club where they're like, wow, she's got some moves. <laughs> it feels 
It feels so ridiculous. Like if they were on So You Think You Can Dance or something, they'd be laughed off the stage, <laughs> you know? Um, and I feel like... <laughs> why would the guy bail her out of jail? Because she kicked him in the nuts, <laughs> yeah. you know? He got fired, she kicked him in the nuts, then he bails her out of jail. There's this ridiculous concept that he keeps saying how much natural raw talent she has yeah and if you don't see it which i don't it feels ridiculous <laughs> like and then you kind of get the impression because he probably says that to all the girls kind of thing but it feels like he's working really hard to sleep with this one yeah kind of thing i don't know i just didn't find him so great either sure yeah his motives were pretty like obvious especially when she goes to see him later to tell him the good news and he's sleeping with another girl it's like you know this guy is very pregnant yeah. yeah you know he's probably got some darker ulterior motives <laughs> yeah but everybody did except for molly who's like uh, the one who gets raped she helps her when she loses her suitcase and yep. they become best friends and she's like, an, no one of the nicest all. characters um yeah all the yeah. Fem- most of the females in this are really nice Except for maybe some of the dancers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like everybody's got a dark side except Molly in this. The um, the scene as well where she leaves the jail and she gets in the car. She starts sucking on a lolly ring and stuff, which I don't know where that came from, whether she got it from jail or what the story was. Yeah. And when I, um, when I started watching the strip club scene, it started skipping immediately. I imagine oh, it was... Right incredibly like probably the same guys who borrowed all those um sharon stone basic instinct dvds have done the same thing (laughs) to this one um the boss of the strip club who's uh i think he has a real face a face for high definition you know yeah yeah he's got a great face i think he played the main villain in um beverly hills cop 2 uh he's he's actually a very good actor i really don't mind him but the key part about all those scenes is his second in charge the heavy girl um Mm -hmm. Oh, what was her name? Uh, Al Mama. Taurus, was it? Um, is it... Is no, she no, Mama? The, yeah, Mama, sorry. Mama, Al Taurus so she's is the Lynn, main... Lynn Tucci. Yeah, Lynn Tucci. One of her lines was, she misses us like I miss that lump on my twat that I had taken off last week. You know, she's a really wow. grotesque sort of character, but very funny. She sort of... Reminds me of Pink Flamingo's Divine's character of Divine had moved to Vegas and <laughs> started working there. Um, that, yeah. um, but mind you, that's another camp movie and regard to be the most disgusting film ever made. <laughs> um, she tells the boss that she got her period, but it only lasted like one day. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that's a real thing. But yeah. uh and one of those Look. other scenes is when she's dancing to the the guy who gets her out of jail. Sorry, I just forgot his name again. Smith. Smith. Um, and he, you know, is, is touching and he goes, oh, I can't, I'm, I've got my period. And he puts a hand down her yeah. and he goes, oh, and I'm just like, geez, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> In a Hollywood yeah, movie, for- that just happened. For 1995. For yeah. 1995, Wow. There's well when uh, when she is doing that back scene, a uh, uh, scene in the back room for Carl McLaughlin where she's being paid to dance for him. The dreadlocks guy Smith just kind of walks past and looks in and just gets a free show. Like some <laughs> um, this not so private back rooms, he eventually gets kind of pushed on by the bouncer. About the bouncer, I mean, yeah. By then, it's sort of seen enough. 
I don't know. How many how many actresses do you think they got in and asked to nude up for this film and just like, can you just dance around the room? You know? <laughs> well, I heard stories it? of Kubrick um, for that uh, the opening of A Clockwork Orange when those uh, uh, one gang tries to rape this girl and they take off all her clothes. Kubrick, through the casting, just kept looking. You know how obsessive Kubrick is. Just had endless girls topless in his room. Okay, thank you, next. You know? <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Verhoeven just went all, went to town looking for um, dancers for this film. Another thing... I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, another thing I've got written here... When um, Smith goes to her house and he's all like, you've got more natural talent when you dance than anyone I've ever seen, you know, <laughs> which is complete BS. <laughs> the question I would be asking is, how do you know where I live? Because at this point, they've just bumped into each other a couple of times and then he rocks up at her house. It's just, yeah, it just doesn't really work. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Look, I don't think anyone's ever really been discovered like this. I think, uh, you know, Channing Tatum was a stripper. Uh, we mentioned on the Magic Mike one, we talked about him. Um, you know, where um, he was a stripper and then he moved towards acting classes and acting and stuff. I mean, it wasn't like this, where they saw him in a strip club and went, you should be in movies. We're doing an audition tomorrow. Why don't you just... Uh, the line in this movie is, and now that I've seen you dance, I thought, yes. <laughs> Which... Uh, which we later hear that um, the lead Crystal Connors got her the audition, you know, um, that somebody went there and it was a big setup for her to get in there. But I just, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like so much stuff in this movie is not just unrealistic, but ridiculous, you You're know? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm sure producers like that Tony Moss producer exist, you know, the guy that you know lines everybody up and makes everyone get their tops off and you know the offensive guy yes yeah uh, the casting of that was a very brutal scene how he's just shrugging off like telling girls either your nose is too big or you, you got to get your face constructed just just like that and you know that's the yeah end of come it. back when you've done this yeah exactly. yeah it's very brutal and probably very accurate as well to how some of those majors do cast their their lineups as well, in that scene, he asks them all to get their tops off, and then uh, she hesitates. Yeah. Like it's a big deal, but she's a stripper, and she gets her top off all the time. So it's sort of like, just, wouldn't she just whip her top off and be like, yes, I want this, you know? Mm. I don't know. She's, um, she's not good in this movie at all, really. <laughs> I think it worked in the sense of where the in the whole movie's camp style as a whole, but yeah, separately her performance really does stick out like you know a sore thumb. You're like, <laughs> the um the scene where he's sleeping with someone else, Smith. He uh, he says we ain't got no ties, you know. But she's so mad at him. Yeah. She. Do you do you kind of wish she wound up with him, or do you think it's better the journey she took in this film? And it, it's better the journey she took in the film. Like she tasted the highest class she can, uh, being the big famous star of Vegas, like the star. Apparently, the dancers are like the big epic stars in this world. <clears throat> and she also had that high society with um, Ian McLaughlin driving in a Ferrari and things like that. And I know you mean Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big David Lynch fan. I should not get that name wrong. Um, mm. yeah, I so, see Kyle McLaughlin as... Uh, he's the mayor of Portlandia, this comedy show with Fred Armisen. 
Um, he's really funny in that, and he's also the captain in How I Met Your Mother, his most recent roles, and I still I'm very much seeing him like that now. I'm, I'm always he's always the agent to me in uh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, old school stuff. Um, she mentions her age is 1973 in this, mm. like her birth certificate, which makes her 21. Mm-hmm. Don't you think she looks like way older than 21? Yeah, she does look like late 20s, but her her past has always been a bit of a mystery, I guess. I think that's the way they're playing it, yeah. pretty much. Um, she gets shown the routine once, I've written down, and then she knows it perfectly, and while she's performing it for the first time, she gets yelled at. Yeah. You know, like, oh, and also, you're on tonight, hope you didn't have any plans. Like, <laughs> they bring her in, they start showing her the routine, and then, by the way, you're on tonight, and then they put her, like, somewhere near the front, like you would put the new girl at the back, yeah. surely, just... It's because she's the lead. And she slips a bit as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Her natural talent, surely she will become the lead of this play (laughs) because she's so good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I see it as a love rectangle. You've got Smith, you've got Carl McLaughlin, you've got um, Nomi as well as Crystal Connors. You know, the four of them kind of interlocking a little bit as the uh, film goes on. When um, Crystal Connors is bonding with her for the first time and she signs that autograph for somebody yeah she uh she mentions that she ate dog food yeah and then the other one says i used to love doggy chow and that is what they bond over the <laughs> fact that they both ate dog food oh that's a like, great point i forgot about that <laughs> they, they never really focus on that they just kind of go yeah i've eaten dog food too wasn't it great yeah i used to love it what who <laughs> Who's saying this and who... Oh, you know when never... that scene, she gets the understudy part and yep. she goes in to apologise to Gina Gershaw and she goes, oh yeah, maybe you can do my nails and they're both holding their hands out and touching. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, there's a lot of that. Oh my gosh, that was so well done. It's like these two cats about to claw at each other, just playing, like the power play is really happening there. And then she obviously says, well, I don't really care much for your nails or something like that. I'll do them myself. And that's really her telling him that we're not going to be friends. This is really heated between us. But that scene where the holy... Oh, Paul Verhoeven just a maestro handling that like these two cats clawing for power just pouring at each other that was brilliant it seems weird to me that like it's like a big loss of innocence story but she's already lost her innocence because we hear about her backstory as as well she wants to be a dancer why doesn't she go to broadway you know like new york or something maybe her style of dance though is more suited to vegas though because yeah, Broadway is a very particular kind of thing. You have to... It's the triple threat thing. I think Louis Theroux had a whole episode on it. you got to sing, dance, act. Yeah. <laughs> Do everything, yeah. not just grind on people. Not- <laughs> but, you know, she says she's from back east or whatever. Yeah. It's like back east is towards New York. Yes. So I was thinking, why didn't she just keep going east? <laughs> it just feels... It's just a big excuse for gratuity yeah. and excess. I mean, it's... um comes to a head with for, for me the worst scene is the sex in the pool yeah that was really the epitome of it being a full the biggest budgeted softcore uh movie ever made i think and it's really epitomizing that scene like it's full-on where she mounts him in the pool and they have sex and it's very full-on where um she does the strip 
strip for him and dry humps him. She throws herself backwards in that kind of flailing yep. way in that scene. And then when we get to the pool, I can't believe we're bothering to talk about this kind of thing in this kind of detail, but um, she throws herself backwards in the water and she just kind of splashes ridiculously. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It just feels like maybe the worst sex scene ever. I don't know. Maybe we need to do a podcast about <laughs> worst sex scene on film. I tell you what, people would listen sure. to that. <laughs> <laughs> We'd get a lot more hits. <laughs> well, we've mentioned the ongoing lesbian tension between Crystal and Nomi, and that um, that gets resolved after it all, the stairs and everything. You know, she goes and visits her, and she's not mad. She's not, like, you know, upset at all. And it's weird, because she doesn't really get concussed. She knows she got pushed. Mm. When she gets pushed, you know. And that hospital just happens to have everyone in it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But um, she doesn't say, "Uh, I got pushed, guys. You know, like she doesn't immediately point the finger and go, Nomi pushed me down the stairs. You know, in that moment. Yeah. It seems like she would. And then later on, forgive her sort of thing. Sure. But I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I did like how their real dancing got booze because that felt realistic that the one thing was realistic was that they couldn't go to an adult dance club and just do like a performed routine yes yep absolutely yeah yeah so I didn't mind that but I did think he had a wasted story arc yeah he had a very sad one as well like he tried to get his art out there and it was rejected and he's just faced with okay well that's it for me (laughs) sorry something about that just sticks with me (laughs) he's he's giving up he's thinking that having a baby would be terrible and i obviously have a baby for those regular listeners i don't find it terrible at all and it's something that i planned so i find it quite good um but for him it's unplanned and he's looking at it like a death sentence sure you know sort of he's chosen to be with her which is nice but he's looking at it like i don't really love her and i'm gonna work in a grocery store like he's made it negative yeah he could still dance as well yep they don't have to live in vegas but they do it feels like um everybody in this stage show will eventually be pushed you know yeah there's always somebody coming down the stairs behind you. you yeah, know, I, I felt that was accurate. Like That might be a very truthful thing to how it actually does happen in those sort of performance worlds. I, I personally don't know that for a fact, but the film just seems real, like, um, in, in that sense. Like, that hierarchy of, you know, everybody wanting that top highlight position, but the only way to get it is if the main star gets injured or bows out sort of thing. And, it yeah, it was a very goblin-esque hierarchy. When I say yeah. goblin-esque hierarchy, you know, to become the Goblin King, you got to kill the Goblin King. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, they don't seem to hate Nomi enough, the other dancers. Sure. Because she, you know, it's like if somebody gets hired at your work and then gets promoted ahead of you, you know, you've been there longer. Yeah. You've These ones have been dancing longer and they don't get to be the lead. Yeah. You know, I feel like they would all go, ugh, we hate her because... You know, it's a catty kind of environment. Mm-hmm. It's It doesn't seem to happen that way. And Carl McLaughlin, he has a type. I'm going to tell you, his character, he likes whoever the lead is in a showgirl's <laughs> Molly as well. There is one scene I don't like more than the other scenes. And I hated the the rape. Obviously, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and he punches her in the face, which, you know, yeah, you can't expect so him savage. to get away. Yeah 
can't expect him to get away with it, but then the fact that he probably will is what's horrible about it. The scene I hated was when she finds out the truth, she realises that Nomi pushed her down the stairs. Yeah. And sees the full journey of how far Nomi has fallen, mm. right? And then, in like, a minute later, she forgives her and they go to the party together. Yeah, baited, of course, by um, the singer. The rock star. <laughs> yeah, the rock yeah. star, yeah. But, I mean, in The Dark Knight Rises, for example, if Alfred had gone, you know, I'm not going to stick around and watch you kill yourself, Bruce, and then he leaves, right, mm. in The Dark Knight Rises... Then what if Alfred had just come back in the next scene and gone, I forgive you? you know, <laughs> that would have been very disjointed. It's like that yeah. for me, this scene, where it's just like disjointed. I feel like her emotions aren't true and that, yeah. you know, people would hold a grudge more than this. She seemed like the kind of person that would, person that would hold a grudge. Um, yeah, look, she, she fights the rock star and she goes and gets revenge for Molly. She kicks him a bunch. I mean, she's in a miniskirt. Feels like she wouldn't have the mobility to do these kind of big kicks. <laughs> I know she has like a record for assault, but I'm not sure she could sort of knock a man unconscious <laughs> like this. Uh, I uh, I struggled to believe some of that. There was a very strange um, combat sequence coming from the guy who directed uh, RoboCop, you know. He... Um, <laughs> Uh, she comes in, beats him over the head, and using her, I guess, her dancing skills, which I guess her main assets are her legs, carrying all that weight, doing all the performance. She kicks him with continuous spinning kicks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very brutal. <laughs> Look, and then she hitchhikes away the same way she hitchhiked in, and she gets exactly the same guy. What are the odds <laughs> of that happening? It's a full circle movie. Yeah, yeah, it? which I think emphasizes what. Paul Verhoeven was going for originally just this sort of like camp movie um uh, and it really um all the criticism as you said has come out later of it that it is a kind of a discussion on America itself and you know it's I don't exactly I'm not smart enough to understand what it what it means but (laughs) I do sense that there is a underlying discussion of America itself with these European filmmakers coming over to America and doing these sort of big budget movies there is that underlying theme going on in there and maybe that's how they view America as um, Mm. (laughs) a very uh, full of sex and glamour and uh, really males that really with underlying uh, motives or ulterior motives and very manipulative and very dark as well Mm. well if you can sit through it showgirls might be the film for you yeah no i i really enjoyed it um it's definitely not for everyone definitely not for everyone but um i can understand its cult status and i really enjoyed this movie whereas i see it as a film journey that nobody can relate to and (laughs) that you know she is nobody and she's nobody's story she represents like <laughs> less than one percent of the world's population kind of thing and definitely <laughs> it's uh yeah and i i the reason i don't uh, like who it was the, the guy requested this again leo logan oh leo logan thanks man <laughs> yeah well uh the the thing i can't get past is her acting and sure no definitely definitely yeah made it takes you out of a film when the lead is so terrible i think and yeah Look, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, you can request a podcast, podmeifyoucan.com. Gives you all the links, including our Facebook, where we would like you to request the podcast. Um, yeah, look, uh, that's about it for this week. I yeah. figure um, next week we'll probably hit you up with uh, 
what I'm leaning towards is Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, so um, hopefully that'll be next week's podcast. Okay, sure thing. Thanks, guys. All the best.